So we got up early and we came out here to the battlefield to get some beautiful footage. If there is anything that I recommend you do while you are at Gettysburg, it is to wake up early like we did just after sunrise and get yourself out to the battlefield. The morning was cloudy and a little misty, but the birds were singing just the most beautiful song to us and we were the only ones on the battlefield. It was a really amazing experience and at times almost spiritual. It was like being out there alone really puts you closer to the Battle of Gettysburg, at least for me. We started at Seminary Ridge. This is where the Confederate line of battle begins for their assaults on Union Army positions atop Cemetery Ridge on July 2nd and 3rd. It is here at Cemetery Ridge where thousands of Confederate soldiers from Pickett's Charge will be killed or injured. There are monuments everywhere at Gettysburg and I really wanted to highlight as many as I could. This one is the 11th Mississippi Infantry Regiment. The 11th Mississippi was formed under the command of Colonel Francis M. Green and Major Reuben O. Reynolds. They were west of the tree line on Seminary Ridge, behind Major William Pegram's Battalion of Artillery. On July 3rd, 1863, shortly after 3 p.m., Sergeant William O'Brien of Company C, memorialized on this monument, raised the colors and the regiment stepped forward. Only a few of the men of the 11th Mississippi reached the stone wall near Bryan's barn on Cemetery Ridge. They would lose 110 soldiers, either killed in action or died of their wounds. 193 of them would be wounded, 37 would be captured, out of a total of 393 combatants. The 11th Mississippi is next to the North Carolina Monument. North Carolina provided over 14,000 men to the Army of Northern Virginia at Gettysburg. It is the second largest state contingent after Virginia. North Carolina lost over 6,000 casualties, more than 40% of the men engaged. It is the largest number of casualties at Gettysburg from any Confederate state and represents over one-fourth of all Confederate casualties in the battle. The monument depicts a wounded officer pointing the way forward to the enemy, while a veteran and younger comrade lead a color bearer in the charge. The statue was sculpted by the man that sculpted Mount Rushmore, Gutzen Borglum. Nearby is a stone monument that contains an inscription and a list of the North Carolina units of the Army of Northern Virginia. It also says to the eternal glory of the North Carolina soldiers who on this battlefield displayed heroism unsurpassed, sacrificing all in support of their cause. The various deeds will be enshrined in the hearts of men long after these 
transient memorials have crumbled into dust. There were over 19,000 men from Virginia alone at Gettysburg. It's the largest contingent of the 12 Confederate states. Nearly 4,500 of these men became casualties. The monument is 41 feet high. Atop sits General Lee and his horse named Traveler. It is the largest of the Confederate monuments at the Gettysburg battlefield. The statue was created by sculptor Frederick Sivers. The monument was dedicated in June of 1917 by Virginia Carter, Robert E. Lee's niece. The sculptor would use photographs and life masks of General Lee to sculpt his likeness. He even went to Lexington, Virginia to study Lee's horse, Traveler's Skeleton, which is preserved at Washington and Lee University. Below Lee are seven Confederate soldiers. According to the marker at the base of the monument, the group represents various types who left civil occupation to join the Confederate army. From left to right, you have a professional man, a mechanic, an artist, a boy, a businessman, a farmer, and a youth. This has to be my favorite monument at Gettysburg, General Longstreet. As General Lee affectionately referred to him as my old war horse, Longstreet played a crucial role at the Battle of Gettysburg. It would be his first corps that would attack Union forces at Devil's Den, at the wheat field and the peach orchard on July 2nd. And it would be Longstreet that was ordered by General Lee to conduct an attack against the Union line on Cemetery Ridge, known as Pickett's Charge. Longstreet's first corps would also play a huge role in protecting the Confederate Army's retreat from Pennsylvania. Now, personally, I really liked Longstreet's monument. But, just like the man himself, his monument at Gettysburg, just like his performance at Gettysburg, has garnered a lot of controversy and opinion. Some people believe that the monument is not big enough, it's not on a pedestal, it's hidden in Feitzer's Woods, and it kind of is. But I like the simplicity of it, I like that it's approachable, and it reminds me a little bit of the man himself. I don't think Longstreet would want a huge monument highlighting one of his biggest failures. Vilified by other Confederate generals, particularly Jubal Early, under the Lost Cause narrative, Longstreet wouldn't receive a monument in Gettysburg until 1998. In 1889, Longstreet's first wife, Louise had died, and he remarried at the age of 76 to a 34-year-old librarian named Helen Dorch. They would be married for seven years. He would die a few days shy of his 83rd birthday. His widow would outlive him by 58 years, dying in 1962. The woman pictured here is his granddaughter. Now, if you are driving down Seminary Ridge, you may miss Longstreet's monument. That's because it is in Pitzer's Woods. And during this time, they had a living history reenactment going on in the amphitheater there in Pitzer's Woods, which was really cool to see. Um, this was where Longstreet set up his base of operations for the First Corps during the fighting at Gettysburg. 
a little further down from Longstreet's Monument and the Pitzer's Woods Amphitheater is the Monument for the State of Louisiana. There were about 3,000 men from Louisiana fighting at Gettysburg with the Army of Northern Virginia. At the end of the Battle of Gettysburg, around 700 Louisianans were casualties of that battle. The monument is titled Spirit Triumphant. It was created by Donald DeLue. The sculpture represents a wounded gunner of New Orleans Washington artillery clutching a Confederate battle flag to his heart. Above him is the spirit of the Confederacy, and she is sounding a trumpet and raising a flaming cannonball. Delu also sculpted the monument right next to it for the state of Mississippi. Both of these statues were dedicated in the early 70s. Now Mississippi would send a little over 4,900 men to Gettysburg. Out of those 4,900, 1,500 Mississippians would become casualties of the Battle of Gettysburg. The monument stands where General Barkdale's Mississippi Brigade began their charge into the Peach Orchard on July 2nd. It represents the desperate hand-to-hand fighting of the day. The color bearer has fallen mortally wounded and his comrade steps over his body using his clubbed musket to defend the fallen flag. Near the monument is a plaque that reads, On this ground our brave sires fought for their righteous cause. In glory they sleep who give it to their lives. To valor they gave new dimensions of courage. To duty its noblest fulfillment. To prosperity the sacred heritage of honor. From the Louisiana and Mississippi monuments, we went down through the wheat field and headed towards the peach orchard. The conflict at the peach orchard happened on July 2nd, and it just so happens one of my favorite generals at Gettysburg. Heck, one of my favorite historical characters is Devil Dan Sickles. Now, Devil Dan Sickles was a congressman. He famously got away with murder years before the Civil War, where he had killed his wife's lover in the middle of Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C. His murder trial captivated the nation in the 1850s. Um, And let me know in the comments if you would like me to do a video on that one, because I think it is one of the most fascinating stories. However, Sickles was definitely a character, a controversial character at that. On the day of the Peach Orchard bloodbath, General Meade had ordered Major General Daniel Sickles to hold the southernmost end of Cemetery Ridge with his Third Corps. Sickles did not like that position and opted to do things his way. See, Sickles believed that Meade's order put his troops in peril. He also believed 
that his troops would be totally crushed and certain of attack by Confederate forces. So Sickles moved his two divisions 1,500 yards west of the line on Cemetery Ridge, the line he had been instructed to hold. The new position his troops occupied was a low ridge where farmer Joseph Shurfee's peach orchard was located. Now, Sickles would be right about Confederate attack, but he would be oh so wrong regarding the best position to receive that attack. He had compromised his divisions and did not have enough troops to adequately defend his new position. Sickles, unlike many of the other generals, was a congressman. He did not have the training from West Point as many of the others did. He deployed his troops in a sharp angle known as a salient, which was difficult to defend in the face of such an attack. The result was disastrous, and the Third Corps would be driven from the field. Sickles would also lose his right leg during the attack. Interestingly, despite that, Sickles would be awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions at Gettysburg. The citation for his award would state that he, quote, displayed most conspicuous gallantry on the field, vigorously contested the advance of the enemy, and continued to encourage his troops after being himself severely wounded, end quote. Sickles would become famed as a hero at Gettysburg. He would donate his amputated leg to the Army Medical Museum in Washington, D.C. His leg is still on display today. After the war, Sickles would go back to politics. He would be a diplomat to Columbia, the military governor of South Carolina for a time, minister to Spain, chairman of the New York Civil Service Commission, New York City Sheriff, New York Congressman, and chairman of the New York State Monument Commission. He would be removed, though, from the Monument Committee in 1912 for allegedly stealing funds. But despite that, he would be instrumental in establishing the Gettysburg National Battlefield Park. And he would visit Gettysburg many times after the war. Sickles died of a cerebral hemorrhage in New York City on May 3rd, 1914, and is now buried at Arlington National Cemetery. After the Peach Orchard, we made our way over to Devil's Den. This is the one spot my nine-year-old son really wanted to see at Gettysburg. I would have liked to get up to Little Round Top, but it was closed. At least we could see it from Devil's Den. I wish that I had more time to walk around Gettysburg. The battlefield is huge, and a great alternative is the driving tour that you can take. Gettysburg National Park has a great map and an excellent guide in order for you to do that. So if you're pressed on time like we were, it is definitely an option well worth checking out. As you can see, Devil's Den is rocky and it is hilly. It does not look like a place where you would choose to fight with an army. However, Major General John Bell Hood had been tasked to take and repulse the Union line atop and below Devil's Den. 
he would send about 3,100 Texans and Alabamians to take Devil's Den. They would fight 2,400 Union troops from New York, Maine, Pennsylvania. The Union did their best to repulse the Confederates. But when Brigadier General Henry Bennings arrived to bolster the Southern line, the North had abandoned Devil's Den and had fallen back to occupy Little Round Top. One Southern soldier wrote, We whipped the devil in his den, but Round Top ran up too much towards heaven. The Confederates would only occupy Devil's Den for 22 hours. I think one of the reasons why Devil's Den is so popular of a site is photographers and sketch artists were drawn to the carnage surrounding Devil's Den. Devil's Den also will become known as a very haunted place in Gettysburg. One of the reasons why that is, is because it was one of the most horrific bouts of fighting during the battle. More than 1,800 men were either killed, wounded, captured, or missing. As wounded were taken off the field to be treated in a hospital, it was said that one soldier could only repeat over and over again those awful, awful rocks. My time in Gettysburg was far too short, and there was definitely more I wanted to see and explore. I hope you guys are enjoying these road trip vlog style videos. I know that the more I do them, just the better they'll get. So let me know in the comments if this is something you want me to continue to do. There are going to be a few more videos that I have done about Gettysburg, just a few things that I didn't put in the vlog that really interest me and think would interest you guys as well. So look out for those videos. I've also spent the last couple of weeks in Arizona and have a few videos planned for this road trip series out west. Um, so I hope you are interested in those and I hope to see you on those videos as well. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the next video.